welcome back people good people to another episode of everybody loves bliss um tonight while i'm recording because I am recording in the almost the witching hours uh, for you guys. Um, I have uh, my lovely glass of rosé in front of me. You know, I don't do do brands because uh, we need sponsors. But hmm, let me take a sip to get myself together. Um, I have two gentlemen joining me on the show. Uh, Ross Cooper, you're back. Hey. Yeah. You came back. I love that. Ross Cooper, um, again, is um, been a friend to the show for a very long time and pretty much since the beginning um, is also a podcaster. Uh, he is the father uh, part of the duo for Yeah, I Said It. Um, poet. Um, I, I keep doing your, your same introduction. Poet, personal trainer. I mean, what, is there anything else? Is there something new to add to the list? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I need a few more pages written for the book before I can say author. So okay. <laughs> I'm working on okay. that. Author in progress. Okay. Right. And actually, I, I do have another guest with us tonight. We are a threesome tonight. Um, I have True Asiatic Allah, who you are actually a friend of the show as well. You were um, on our show in the early stages. In fact, you came in with this. Yes, say hi, please. I'm Peace. sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you Absolutely. you actually did a show um, with my original producer, the great Al Morgan of um, of the working class. And I, I loved that, um, working with that team. And that was a really great show that you did. I don't remember what, we talked about so many things, probably the gamut. But um, you joined that show, and you you were at the studio. time. Um, you are. I'm sorry. It was in studio. It was time. actually in studio. Oh yes. God. Yeah, you were in studio. Wow, it, that's been a long time. I haven't been in studio in years. I don't even know what that's like anymore. So, and you are. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to mention in, in case the audience has forgotten. Um, I hear myself echoing in 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 one of you all's virtual uh, homes, wherever wherever that is. But it, that's okay. We'll work on it. Um, you are part of the Nation of Gods and Earths, uh, known as the Five Percent. Five Percent Nation of Gods and Earths. The Five Percent Nation. Okay, yeah. and you are a, a father of. Black Sons, which is important to what we're going to be talking about tonight. And a daughter. Um, and, and daughters. Yeah. And daughters. Very important. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, you came back and thank you so much for, for coming back to join in this discussion tonight. Um, we are talking about current events. I mean, we're, we're, we're just, it, you know, it, it so happens that there's so much going on uh in these times that I, I, we don't have to even look for anything to talk about because the world in itself it keeps us so busy. Um, let me, let me get my audience. First of all, wait, wait, let me go. Let me stop for a moment. Um, Ross, you don't drink with me, which bothers me sometimes, but I'm, <laughs> I'm used to it. Um, uh, Asiatic, what, what are you doing tonight? Are you, are you, are you, are you am I the only one drinking again? I got kombucha. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I got at least we got some fermentation. Mm -hmm. Okay, Absolutely. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to I'm gonna ask you to speak a little closer to the mic because you're a little low, um, if you will. Apologies. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. 
So we, you know, I, I'm going to get the audience caught up. Um, my my last podcast, I was, we we I had a conversation with the, with the um, audience about what has been going on here in the United States, and it's become a global um, conversation. Um, George Floyd, um, who has since our the last podcast actually been laid to rest, and may he rest in peace. Um, George Floyd. Um, not to uh, not to rehash a horrible story too much, but George Floyd is a black man who was killed by um, four police officers uh, in Minneapolis several weeks ago. His story went global because there is an actual video of his murder um, that pretty much we've all seen and we've all been affected by. And since the last podcast, the officers have been arrested. Uh, the officer who is who is responsible, they're all responsible, all complicit in his death, but the officer who actually put uh, had his knee on George Floyd's neck that ultimately ended in his death, um, Derek Chauvin, has been charged. He was initially charged with third degree murder, which is only manslaughter. And thank God that has been moved up to second to uh, second degree murder um and again the other officers are also they have also been arrested and george floyd has been laid to rest and here in the united states and all over the world we've seen uh protests um hmm. we've seen protests we've seen some uh, rioting and looting but the protests are really the main thing we have seen people standing up in ways we've never seen before um let me ask you this, because I I, I, I I just want to talk about this briefly, the emotional toll of the last couple of weeks on you two men, but you, Black people. I, I You know, I, I've unfortunately only had Black men so far speaking on the emotional toll of this, and I, I am planning on changing that and having some women come in. But as Black American, and I don't even know if I should mention it, <laughs> but Black people in America, um, what has this last couple of weeks felt like for you? Watching the, I don't know if you've, either one of you have participated in the, in the protests where you are, but what has this felt like for you? Have you felt the, ex- I, I've been exhausted. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I would assume everyone has, but either one of you can come in i can i well quickly i'm my son and myself we were invited to a uh, march it was advertised as a um you know getting a thousand black men supposed to wear black um and one of my artists with us called me said he was taking uh, some children um you know of mm, uh, tween age, let's say between 10 and 13. So I brought my son along, 11 year old. And, um, uh, you know, I, I thought at first a little concerned. I didn't want to, you know, that it was, if it was going to be any, uh, you know, things that like Trump pulled the, the other day with the tear gas and all. Um, but I decided, you know, it's something he needed to see. It was really about him. And with what's going on, um, kind of really, um, you know, be in the energy of it. Um, I can explain it to him. He can look at it on, um, you know, uh, certain things on uh, online. But 
to be in it and really kind of understand what connecting George Floyd, even if you don't have, even if he doesn't have um, the whole context, it's one of those things that I know in, in terms of history that let's say he'll remember it five years from now or some years from now and he'll say, oh, okay, well, when this happened, I was here and now I understand why, you know, um, that's, that was that part of it. Um, dealing with just what's been happening from Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, I mean, these back-to-back um, um, instances since February until um, now and this um, sort of, what do you call it, this, uh, the flashpoint being um, watching uh, George Floyd actually die before your very eyes. Did your son see that? No. Has your son seen no, that? No, no, no. Um, he has not seen it. No, you've, you've you've sheltered him from that because of the. I mean, I I I know it's. I I understand why you, why you may not have wanted him to see it, but there's a part of me because it's such a a reality, even for someone as young. Oh, the possibility of it is such a reality for someone even as young as him. I I'm wondering. I mean, how do you make the decision whether to show the child the video, let him see it, or to not? Because... I think it depends on the child, his his um, his processing. And my son, who is on the spectrum somewhat, and um, you know, no of autism, kids. as you're saying, yes, yes. So okay. oh, his okay. lack okay. some some lack of maturity in how he sees things. Okay, um, let's just say, you know, I really have to. It's it's in stages. So for him to first understand the history, uh, really have a clear understanding of what racism is and how it affects you, not just, oh, white people doing bad things, you know, and how it is wraps into historic things. Okay, we just had Black History Month. So there were certain things that you saw in school, of course, nothing too graphic, no lynchings or anything like that, but those things were part of the black experience in America is part of the history. So this is connected, directly connected to those very thoughts, feelings, systems, and uh, uh, actions that have us in the position we're in today. Okay. So, so, okay. So you, you take him and he's protected from that. So your emotional response to it is, it, let me just ask you that. How has that, you, you've got to you've got to respond to it in a way that your son understands because he knows at least that there's commotion going on. Your emotional effect on and I, well, I don't I don't the, want you to the short I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I know but, that I'm tired. But the I, very, I don't know. The very short answer is that I'm not reactionary. Okay. Okay. Um, I've been aware and uh, pretty much. Uh, even before I taught history, a historian and and just uh, you know, wanting are to you learn. numb? Are you numb to say you're not? Re- I don't know how one no. does. I, no. It may be because I'm, I'm reactionary emotional. in the sense of um, my first reaction is not to take to the streets and you know demand justice. That's what I mean in, in terms of that. Let's just say, you know, on the next to my you know bed 
is the book Blueprint for Black Power by Dr. Amos Wilson. So what I'm saying is, and, and I listen to Attorney Alton Maddox, I listen to uh, Dr. Claude Anderson, you know, and what I'm saying is the blueprints there, okay? Um, so is this par for the course of what's happened, of, 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 of what it happens in this system until the system is changed? So that's how you look at it. In a sense that I need, in other words, I'm more about, okay, after this, what happens? Okay, yeah, we okay. want justice. No justice, no peace. Fine. Okay. You know, um, there's not going to be, let's just say, uh, violence to the extent of a, a war with weapons, so to speak. But I think there's, that- There's not going to be that? Okay. Hold, I, I want you to- hold, Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, hold that thought. Ross, oh. you we when we talked about um marching, you we off off the um off the mic, you had shared with me you were very concerned about your son. Now your son is much older. Your your son is in his twenties and you were really concerned about your son going out and participating in the marches. He wanted to. I don't know if he did, um, but you were really afraid for him. Yeah. Um, he gets his rebellious streak and disdain for authority. Honest. <laughs> it comes right from me. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's one of the few times I've ever had to question whether I've made the right decision as a parent, because, when him saying he wants to go down there and me seeing all the carnage and then also understanding how his temper is, what his disposition is with law enforcement, we, we are pretty much in unison in that we, we respected the, the quote unquote peaceful protest. We did not, you know, find it as something that should have been held up as yay. We did a peaceful protest and in light of everything that's happening recently, Everything that's happened historically, we both have come to the conclusion that this doesn't get changed without something being torn apart. And I'm like, with him going down there, I'm like, okay. He didn't go, by the way. He actually just donated to the bail fund, which which I admire and respect about him. But oh, I was definitely concerned because... I myself, I didn't take part in a protest because nothing about my protest would be peaceful. Nothing about my aggression would be passive. Um, I want carnage. I want blood. Uh, lessons, it's, it's, a, it's a quote I've heard and I tend to believe it. Lessons not learned in blood are easily forgotten. And at this point, you've really, we've really exhausted every other option. And I can tell because... You know, I drive a little Uber part-time, and I actually took a couple protesters to a protest, picked a couple protesters up from a protest, and as I got near and as I saw more law enforcement, I could feel the blood boiling. I could feel wanting to get out the car and take a brick to the face of anyone who had a badge on. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to be real useful. Let, let me let me let me pause you for a minute because I want the audience to know because what's going to happen is somebody's going to hear you saying that and mm -hmm. somebody's going to attach the violent nature of a black man 
to mm-hmm. why stuff happens to black people. And, oh, absolutely. And somebody's going to do that. And here, here's what I'm going to say that what I know of you. Um, if someone sees you, they're automatically, there's some people who are automatically going to be intimidated anyway by just seeing you because you are a, a thick, muscular, dark black man automatic for some people that's automatic fear there's a a whole lot of assumptions that go with that aesthetic um asiatic you too you are uh is it six 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 five (laughs) black man not a small black man at all uh with a certain stature both of you are automatically intimidating black men um and 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 men who i know of to be very very peaceful i don't know of you getting in fights i don't know of you causing carnage the fact that you are saying what you're saying ross is speaking to the emotional response of what's going on and how it's effect has affected you and this isn't just the one incident it is the it is the constant the history and not, we're not talking about history, like what we're reading and what we, well, what we don't get to read in, in our, our school books, but what we know of our history when we talk, when we, we're learning amongst our Black scholars and our Black family members, the history of what we know. So I, I want people to be clear about that. These are not, I'm not talking to two violent Black men. I'm talking to, to AJ, you sound less tired than Ross or less, less less um fed up um than ross but i i would not say that that would be true i i think it's that not, I, I think no. what you're saying is that because of what you have to consider in terms of your son there's a there's a different way you have to approach well that's just him i'm saying what well, i feel what i feel and think personally um is a little more calculated why because once again, like I said, this unfortunate, tragic um, incident inflames. It, it is very inflammatory. It's incendiary. It's everything emotionally. Um, I just think that I. it's nothing wrong with dying for a cause. I do not think we should be dying because, you know. So, okay. yeah. So, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes Indeed. sense. That makes sense. And and I think that um, um, what you said is important. There's got to be, we've got to be strategic in the way that we are looking at, at, at what's happening. And we've got to be strategic in what our next moves are going to be. Now, now, just to sort of put an asterisk on, on that, it doesn't mean... <laughs> that we need to spend the next few years with studies and think tanks and this, and let's see what we're gonna do in the next move and da, 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 da. between history, what's already what's already out there, which we've seen on the internet about um, black businesses, um, supporting black businesses, things like that. Like I said, we know that white society responds to two things. Ross said it earlier, they respond to blood of violence and they respond to economic loss, yes. period. So <laughs> like, hey, 
whether it's we, what this country was. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the, it's the way this country was built. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is the American the, way. It's the American Absolutely. way. Absolutely. It is the Amer- it hasn't been the 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 black Americans way, and that's part of the problem of why we we continue to see ourselves in these pla- in this place. We were this continued fight that we keep having is because we've not we've not taken the lessons the way that we should have. I'm hoping things are different now. Yeah. I, I'm I'm hoping things are different. I'm seeing things in, in a in a different way. I, I, I see a different kind of energy, but here's the thing I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm at this point in history. I wasn't part of the sixties. I I don't, I don't know what that energy actually felt like. I don't know if people felt, you know, after they'd been marching and they may have gotten a few hugs from maybe a few police officers I've never seen that. Or they've gotten, you know, a few of their white friends came out and and helped them, and and that whatever should have been the energy that that demanded certain things, um, certain changes in the justice, and there were made there were major changes. I don't want to I don't want to sound like I, our our ancestors or the people that came before us did not do the work and didn't push forward. They were in a different place. There were different things that needed to, the needle needed to be moved in certain in, in a certain direction, and they they got some movement. But I I think that in terms of the fact that we are still dealing with police brutality, we're still dealing with systemic racism, means that with all the work that has been done, it has not been enough. It has not been. We have not had. Um, the kind of um, we've never had a blood response, meaning we as black people have never taken up arms and fought in the way that we've we've never brutalized or fired back in the way that we've been fired upon. I don't I we've not had that. We and, have had some. We have had some. And and based on what you said about the sixties, it's very important to know tactically that we have to learn from that. And that's where we should come in. Those of us who are of age or at least of age to have talked to people that experienced that, uh, read, studied, understood what went right, what went wrong, uh, okay. Pro, because you have to understand, I spoke of violence and or economics. Now, I do not believe that of course, they both go hand in hand. It's not going to be one without the other because they're going to have a violent response if we're just like they did in uh, when they did the Montgomery board, bus boycott, when they had people coming down, they responded violently to people who were peacefully choosing to economically boycott. Okay? So we have to understand that what happened from that point to let's say, uh, uh, post Kerner Commission and the COINTELPRO and the attack of the Panthers. Well, actually, I can go to the culminated of the uh, murder of and assassination but, but bring Dr. It, King. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it here. Yeah. What yeah, I'm you saying said is that we have between, responded in kind. I don't, I don't well, know. Well, that. what I was going to say is between the two, which was very important, was the fact that we went from economic and it was changed to civil. <laughs> Dr. King tried to get it back economic and he was murdered. Our That's response, right, yeah. but but our response, and I'm not just talking about the rise of him, but there was somebody 
remember the deacons for defense who fired back, who people, when um, blacks were trying to come together and vote. Um, um, I mean, the Panthers, I believe, wasn't specifically about guns, but believe they shot back as well. There was something okay. called the BLM. Okay. Black small, small groups of us have. Small, yeah. small groups. Yeah. 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 Small groups. Small groups of us have. You're right when you when you talk about the Panthers, but you know, uh, small groups of us have. Okay, but not enough of us collectively to make movement. And I, I and again, I know when we talk like this, when Ross talks about his blood boiling, and you and I are talking about responding in kind, it sounds like we we are trying to start a civil war. We're not. That's not what this conversation is about. It is about how we move forward and the things that we have to consider or or maybe waiting down the pipeline in order for things to happen for us. I don't think we have enough of a strategy as, as the Black Collective yet to even think about, we're starting to in terms of thinking about what the asks are, what we really are going to be looking for in order, in, in order to not have to keep returning to this place. Because police brutality, one thing that I know is happening that I, 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 I've never in history seen before, I don't, I don't think that people have seen the police force this um, emboldened before. I, I've never, and I, what I say by that is that I don't, I, I don't, and I've seen video of times before, 60s, 70s. I've not seen police officers whipping white people's asses the way this, the last couple of weeks, like I've seen in the last couple of weeks. Now that, you know, of course we're a different time. We're viral. We, we have, you know, we can see stuff in real time. I, I mean, white, white, white kids, white young girls getting their asses beat. Um, old men getting knocked out on 75 years. I'm, I'm sure we've had that in the past and in bits and pieces, but I mean, we've seen like there's story after story, video after video of police brutality just on anybody. So we see now that the police force in the United States is so unwilling to give up racism and brutality that they're willing to to turn on their own meaning white folks because that's that's who they've p- protected and served pretty much um up until this time and they, they're willing to they're willing to take white folks out now I'm, I'm just seeing them beating them down i don't see them killing them but they're 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 willing on camera they're willing in broad daylight they're willing in 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 peaceful protests to attack I, I, so this is this is something different. This to me seems a bit unprecedented. And then they also have there's being sanctioned by the White House too, by the by the the president. So we we are this is a bit of a different time. So I, I, I'm my prayer is that we will have to have less of think less about the, 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 the blood, the bloodshed part of it or the fight part of it, although we have to be ready for it. And well, how do we be ready if we don't think about it? You said what? How, or how do we get ready for it if we don't think about it? Well, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm having Rosé and I'm, I'm, I'm being hopeful. (laughs) I mean, I mean, this is, I'm being hopeful. What'd if you I say, interject, I think um, 
I think there's people thinking about it. I think there's people planning it. I just don't think that's a mainstream thing. I don't think it's a group of 50 or 100. It might be a group of 10 or 15 folks beating up somewhere to talk things out. Okay, here's what happens. Um, it's, it's no different than what some of these white militia groups do in the heartland, so on and so forth. But gun owner, black gun ownership is going up. Um, it's gone up. Black, black women are going training to training is going up. So the message is becoming clear, whether you want to or not, if you are black in this country, it probably serves you to at least know how to use firearms, to have a firearm just in case. I think this country's biggest fear is, you know, I saw a meme and, and, it, and it rung so true. White America should be happy that black people just want equality and not revenge. And, and I think what makes a lot of people nervous is, oh my God, what if the black folk get a whole bunch of guns decide to come for us all? And realistically, it's more of a response to, it's a, look, as always, it seems like in this country, we just want our just do, leave us the hell alone, and we'll go from there. But you see from Rosewood, you see from Black Wall Street, we can never be left the hell alone. And at this point, we, we've reached a tipping point and you have to wrap your mind. And again, I'm born and raised in a glorious empire state in Buffalo. I have New York sensibilities. I don't never, I've never seen a need for firearms until now. Be it the, the lunacy of the pandemic and people losing their shit over toilet paper, no pun intended. And um, now this, it would behoove you to have some form of defense just in case. Yeah, we talked about that before. I mean, I, 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 and I know it to be true. I just, it, you know, as someone, and I've said it before, I've never touched a gun. I've never fired a gun. I, I, I hate the idea of it. I know what you're saying is true, but here's, here's what I, I, and again, here's, here's the hopeful part of me. Um, but again, people are, I see people responding differently. We're talking about defunding police and most of the violence that we've seen that's been happening has been the police on, on the good citizens of the good protesters. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is that undercurrent that's still there because with that happening on TV, you go on the, you go on the, uh, social media and there's some, uh, you mentioned the white militia groups or some Republicans, some, um, insane Republican who wants to start a, a riot, a race riot, who, who is ready and willing and willing to be a protester in a mask or a blackout and willing to break some windows and willing to put bricks <laughs> around in certain cities. Cause that, that's not by accident that you saw pallets of bricks. Now who, who left the bricks <laughs> and whoever left the bricks. I mean, there's, there's always conspiracy theories about who left them, but the reason why they're left is that whoever leaves the bricks wants to amp it up. They want to move something. They have an agenda. Now, if the agenda might be just they want to break shit up, but generally, if you're taking that kind of time to lay bricks, you trying to do something different. You're trying to incite something way bigger than some broken windows. But on the other hand, 
we're hearing conversations from people who would have never had conversations about defunding police. Does that does that make you a little bit more hopeful that we, we that that sensible people who would have never talked about defunding police and who would have never felt okay to say are are having these conversations now? What do you what do you what do you, first of all? Let me give you Ross credit. You are the first person who I ever heard talk about defunding police departments. Yeah, and I never thought in our time. <laughs> maybe in our kids' time or that you would actually hear these converse, really cogent conversations about actually defunding police departments in, 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 in regular, on regular media. I thought those were only going to be underground conversations. Now you are hearing these conversations happening. You're seeing them in, in press and you're seeing these conversations on social media does that make you a little more hopeful either one of you that police reform is coming or can come or is it just kind of just a, a temporary pacify and nothing's going to happen no I, um I, it makes me very hopeful i think um kind of with covid we we want to be very careful with the language though after doing a little homework defund and disband are two totally different things but they are they defund is a step toward this ban, and we if I can speak on it, I did a piece in a podcast about the world minus five things that we all think deem essential, police being one of them. And based on an article I found that I shared with you, um, we don't need police as nearly as much as we think we do. There can be community quote unquote policing. Um, when you level it out statistically, we have way more police than we actually need that prove in so many ways to be relatively either useless or, um, machines of revenue. So there's that. And then I know the, the great lie that we are told in society is, well, without police, we'll all descend into madness and the world will burn. Not really, because if you really want to solve crime, then you fix poverty because there's a direct correlation between poverty and crime rate. So we hearing defund police, I, I'm applauding, and that is the step closer to disband. I think Minneapolis has used the word disband as in we're going to break up the police department. And, and you know, when you listen to that human piece of filth, the union chief for the NYPD and the tirade he went on talking about don't treat us like animals and savages. And there's clip after this clip. Exactly what clip. they act like. Exactly. But we, we need to be respected. Don't treat us like animals and savages. And we can just go off of what we've seen in the last three, four weeks. And and who's really the animal and the savage here? So so you, you're you getting your just due. But to answer your question, oh, absolutely. It, it, it warms the cackles of my heart to know that we're talking about defunding the biggest gang in America and making movements towards disbanding and more community policing and resolution options. I don't think we're ever going to completely disband. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't, I don't think that I don't, because I, I, I don't, I don't try. Listen, I, I've, I watch too much. I look at too much social media. I see too many militia organizations, uh, racist militia organizations that are just waiting for that to happen so they can run amok. 
and we don't have um we don't have any we don't have enough organized uh black collectives to counteract that i don't and there are uh, and other groups don't have enough organized collectives either i don't i don't know that i don't i don't i don't i don't know i don't know that 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 doesn't feel good, but maybe because I've not experienced it. But again, on the other hand, uh, you know, if I got to think two and three times before calling the, the police department, if something goes down, I, I'm, I'm no better off where I am now. And well, I, I realize. I was going to say, think about it from this standpoint. Um, necessity is a mother of all invention. If you know, just hypothetically say, okay, there's no police force or there's, there's three cops in the whole town. If you know there's three cops in the whole town, right, and 911 is going to be virtually useless, what would that promote you to do? That would bring about the organization. That would bring about, okay, let me arm myself just in case. Because at this juncture, 911 is useless. And let me make sure my family is protected. And that will bring about us, black people, forming our own militia to patrol our own neighborhoods a la the panthers brought back again so when you eliminate the whole well if shit get thick i can call the cops when that's gone guess what's gonna happen you're gonna get your own weaponry you're gonna form your own police you're gonna form your own community protection and go from there so if any of these militias try to trip no no you're not coming in our neighborhoods with that nonsense we have our own people taking care of us and does well, it take organization? Absolutely. But again, when you don't have that safeguard, when that safety net of call the police is gone, you also have no choice. You I, have to organize. I think, I think you are talking, if because when you talk about our neighborhood, some of us are not in our quote unquote neighborhood. How do we fare in the Okay. Does that mean, because then we got to talk about, we talk about separate but equal then. Are we talking about separating and protecting own? I mean, that opens up a whole can of worms, which we're not going to be able to tackle here in an hour show. But doesn't it open it? I mean, you know, we ain't all in our neighborhoods. We're in neighborhoods and we we have, you know, the neighbor to the left and the right doesn't look like us. And what is what may be law and order to them? And what may be law and order to me, depending on who, because then it, the, the, the issue becomes, you know, who decides what's okay and what's not, and how do we pay for those crimes? Because right. George Zimmerman thought he was, George Zimmerman thought he was the uh, the patrol for his neighborhood. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's like, it's like your HOA, like the same way your HOA decides, hey, you can't have this fence be but so high. It's one more addendum, hypothetically. I know it's going to have a couple more moving parts than that, but in the no. same way your HOA decides this area, this neighborhood is what we take care of. Here are the bylaws, the rules for this area. Yeah, add another addendum for protection and go from there. I feel like that we're, 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 we're moving towards, that's moving towards some kind of wild, wild west shit. Maybe I, maybe I'll, I mean, <laughs> hard what, part. What is your I mean, maybe cause I just well, can't see this. I was, I was going to say, yeah, I, I agree with you in the fact, historically, um, if we looked at, as uh, Ross mentioned earlier, the Greenwood section of uh, Tulsa, um, we have all the rights in the world. We got laws, there's laws in the books, uh, but when the mob is angry, (laughs) you know what I mean, Uh, and uh, 
they want to come down on you, they can come down on you, you know. Um, and they had planes and this. I mean, we can go to Bocana and Alabama or Mississippi. We can go to Georgia, at, at Rosewood. It's just too many examples of uh, the system from top to bottom. And let's just say we do form these groups and uh, other ethnicities have their groups. Well, the dominant society, well, who runs the county? Um, who has the jails? Who's going to be the judge? Who's going to be the jury? <laughs> you understand? So it's still in terms of what's justified and what's not. We have all the rights in the world. We just don't have remedy. I mean, whatever we build, yes, we're going to have to protect. All right. And um, so it becomes, even with the, uh, what's going on today, once again, going back to what I originally said, um, when we look at what the people in the crowd, the protesters, the rioters, the looters, okay, let's give them the three sections, the three distinctions. And what I'm saying is that what ultimately um, are we looking for? I, I had a problem with that. That word defunding too was a little too ambiguous. And um, I was thinking more demilitarized after 9-11 when they pretty much gave the police everything, uh, all the war surplus from Iraq and everything else. So, um, and they don't have to read you Miranda rights anymore. They don't have the no lock. They got the no lock warrants to stop and frisk is still in effect, nationwide. That no knock warrant has got to stop. I think. I think we 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 can we with Rihanna Taylor. We, yeah, they we, passed. It. They passed it uh, in Tennessee, in, in Nashville, at least. I don't yeah, know. it's it's got to it's got to be it's got to be federal. Yeah. It's got to be federal. I we we yeah, can't yeah. have that. That's just that 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 just cannot be. I mean, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but you well, know, with, with when you mentioned that, I automatically because you know, with Rihanna Taylor, that situation. We we just cannot that that just cannot no matter how we handle, uh, defund, disband who whatever we can we can't have that, it, it just cannot be. Sister and uh, you know in um, where was she at with the welfare check, <laughs> with the officer going to the window and just shooting in the window, right. That was not considered a that that what what was that even considered that that was a welfare check that wasn't even a no knock warrant that was that was him doing a quote unquote say anything anything right just shot right yeah Um, I mean yeah so So, we're we're and I'm and I'm gonna for right now for your listeners I'm gonna just speak about black people that are affected um, by this and want to see change. Even okay, among we us, want to get, get to a brief. Okay. Okay, but even among us, it's it's still those who want to see the system improve, want those who want to see the system uh, change altogether, and so those that want to see the system crumble and fall, burn it to the ground, not figuratively speaking, and let's start over. You know. I think you need a. I think I think you need some of all of those. I think you. I think that in places you're going to need some of all of that. I think that that you know, and and we won't spend too much time here. But we, it's it's got to be some of all of this because the system as it stands allows insanity to happen 
and it 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 goes insanity goes sometimes gets to court and gets justified and you see it criminals uh, being acquitted and sometimes the way the system happens you don't even you you you're not you don't even come near to justice because you we barely got arrests okay we had to, if we did not have the protests we would not have the arrests let's be clear about that so we're gonna need some of all of what you just mentioned for because we that would even include with, revolution then wouldn't well is is this is what we're seeing the beginning of a revolution is my my you know like I mentioned I'm I saw stuff I'm seeing stuff I haven't seen and there and there you know one that ain't bloodless you said what there's not one revolution that was bloodless well it's been blood there Ooh, has I said been. that before. <laughs> well, we see we're seeing blood. We are seeing blood. Don't keep in mind, you know, it. George Floyd is is changing this this situation with George Floyd is changing the even if it doesn't his 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 death doesn't move the needle as far as we want it to. It is moving the needle a little bit further ahead. It is, and I I I, I am I. I want to send my love and my prayers out to his family because it 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 should not be that there has to be a life sacrifice. But you are right. It, there is always blood. There is always loss. There is before something happens, and there will continue to be. I mean, we we we've there there have been people who have 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 been killed and 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 in the process of the the rioting the looting everything that's happened there are people who have been permanently damaged and they we we're seeing it so, so let me interject this really quick just this okay piece. with that revolution i'm gonna say just for the sake of history and all let me add this it's blood on both sides go ahead no, you were going to say, I'm not saying, I'm waiting for I you. Just said, I just said, it's it's going to be blood on both sides, not think, just one side. Okay. And I think that there is. Let me ask you this, since we're, we're talking about um, revolution and forward movement, I don't think you've ever answered this question, Ross, you've answered the allyship. That that having allies and 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 do you have allies? You have a, a white. I always say white allies. I should say non black but i always start with white because that always seems like the the exact polar opposite and and this is let, let's just let's be very clear this is a white <laughs> we're dealing with white supremacy this is the um, default it is it is the default but it's we know default. that black people there there is that we catch and that while i'm very clear about the difference between person of color and black is because everything that that between black and white, all those in-betweens, not all of, not all people in between, but Asian, Asian and Asian Indians and all of that, Latino, all of it, we as black people catch it from all. So I just wanted to make sure to reiterate that point, the nuances of racism. But let me go back to my question to you. Do you have white allies? Mm, not oh God! In... Did, did the compute? Did I did I exhaust the computer in answering that question? I just heard oh. some kind of oh God! What was that? What, it, you have well, the 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 quick answer is directly no. Um, wow! Damn. And the reason I can I mean the reason I can really say it with 
that sort of amount of confidence is the fact that my focus would be on those of us who don't know um, the level of, of commitment that it takes and the level of education, um, even in these times. I mean, it's so much out there. We're in this internet world. I, it, you know, this Google quick, fast blurbs, you know. I, I want to be clear about what you're saying. You said, no, you don't. You said your focus is on those of us who don't have information. So when you're, yes. Your, your focus is on those black people who don't have information. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Okay. And especially the youth. Don't, because the thing is, is whatever comes of this, when we are gone, they're going to have to continue. You understand? Um, okay. We can't just generationally keep um, speaking like we're talking about a vacuum that we don't have blueprints in place. We have a history of seeing what what allies have done, the help and the harm, okay? Most of the allies, they spend half the time needing to be educated on what systemic racism is and what it looks like. This is not, it can't be just about police brutality and stop no. there. It can't no. be. No. Right. Because you compartmentalize it and it ain't, it's not going to help politically, education, healthcare, all these other things that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis right. that are inequities. If you're not seeing that and all you're seeing is police brutality and all this is about is a knee on the neck and saving just, we're not talking about saving black, just black lives from being killed. We're talking about generational, like we're stopping this. We're just, it needs to stop. Period. And it all needs of to be it. All, all of oh, it is what right. you're saying. All of right. it. it. It's right. totality. And that right. is my concern as well, because, uh, you, you know, and and let and thank you for saying that, because and let me tell you what happened and why I asked that. And I want to make sure that every every person I bring on the show that I'm asking uh, this question of everyone is every black person I bring on the show, because, Ross, you have white allies and I, I, I do, too. It is a struggle. It is it is a struggle as a black person to figure out how you, in this time, how you interact with the white ally because of the emotional drain of it, because of what you said about you, you, you're trying to, here I am, I'm trying to make sure that my own collective gets it, my, my black collective gets it. And then you have white allies that reach out to you. And let me just be very clear. I appreciate the fact that I have had a number of, of, of white friends reach out to me and offer to, to just saying things like, I'll, I'm here for you. I'm here for support. I, but I, I, but it's, but I, I'm continuing to have to say, this is not just about me. <laughs> this isn't about you you know, saying wonderful things to me on the internet. It is about you talking to your kids. It is about you checking your microaggressions. It's, it's, it's really easy to look at a, the woman in Central Park 
acting a fool with the black guy and calling the police and acting a fool and you know all of a sudden going from being calm to screaming like she's being murdered and nothing is happening to her and say oh she's a nut she's crazy she's right but there's so many small microaggressions that happen that I, I have to keep reminding folks about now I understand the person like yourself Asiatic who says I'm focused somewhere else. I'm just not doing it, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, this Jane Elliott, they got Tim Wise, they got... But but Jane Elliott and Tim Wise, (laughs) and for people who don't know, Jane Elliott and Tim Wise are white allies. And people question, I've never heard anyone question Jane Elliott, because she's been at it so long and very clear and concise. But I know that people have have questioned Tim Wise. And if you don't know who these people are, you, you're going to have to Google because this, this is the hour show. We cannot educate folks on everything, but <laughs> but um, they are white allies. They have been in this in this in this before, you know, even when you don't see videos and you, the people are not talking about deaths and murders. Jane Elliott has been there and she has talked about racism since she had black hair and she's totally gray now. So mm-hmm. since she was a young woman, she has been on. She started in 68 after uh, all these key murders. Yeah. Okay. She's been there. So she's been committed. I don't think anybody questions Jane Elliott. People have questioned Tim Wise because he said some things that have not been in line. Um, but get, getting back to the, 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 you know, the, there's this appreciation for the ally, but there's the stress of trying to educate the ally. Some of us are not going to be able to do it. And I've had allies that have, have, have had folks reach out to me after they listened to Dr. Cleo Monaco say he doesn't have white allies. And they felt some kind of way about that. And I've had to break down why they should not be offended by a black person who does not have the energy and wherewithal to deal with white allyship. It has nothing to do with black people not liking white people. It is not that. It is that historically black people have experienced, we experience micro macroaggressions every day of our lives. And it doesn't, if you step out of your house and I, and, and even if you're in your house, cause we know that if a police officer looks into the window and sees us and doesn't know what's going on, we could be shot. That's not just about police brutality. That's about white supremacy. It is about the, the entire system. We know when we send our kids to school, every day we have to, we are concerned if they're the only black kid in the classroom we are concerned when we go to the doctor about how we're going to be treated we are con- because we know that that there are plenty of doctors who don't even understand that we feel pain we are constantly having to carry this and some people cannot carry it in intimate and personal relationships that should not be hard for anyone to understand and i say that with having experienced someone who claimed they were an ally saying to me that all still that all lives matter at this point let me just say on the record let me say on the record i am not entertaining another conversation of all lives matter. So anybody who's listening to this, and if you have tried to extend yourself as an ally to me, and you think that I'm going to explain to you 
why all lives matter is some bullshit right now. We know all lives matter. I'm not going to do the comparison of the house burning and the house that's not on fire and why you shouldn't throw water on the house that's completely... I'm not doing that. So if you're all lives matter and you're still trying to, you call yourself an ally, you're not, and don't reach out to me. I'm just going to, I want to put that on record because that's something that I've experienced. That's the kind of tiring shit that makes some of us not even want to deal, not even want to deal. But there's, there's, there's the, there's the person that says, and this is the other side of me. I, I, they're not that many Jane Elliott's. There aren't that many Tim Wise's. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't trust that if we, think that we're going to move forward and have to deal in this space. Cause I think it's going to be a long time, even if you want it separate, but equal, I think that that's going to take a long time. And in the meantime, you're going to have to navigate through a world and be able to deal with everyone and, and fairly and as humanely as possible. And that's how we've always had to do it anyway. I think that there's some of us who are going to take going going to have to keep and keep the task and keep the allies. And I think some of us and in some of my relationships with with some of my white friends are relationships that I I wouldn't want to give up. I have not seen or had reason to as of there believe it or not there are some there are some friends that you can have that you don't experience microaggressions and you don't have to keep correcting there are some it doesn't happen often <laughs> let me just say if you're a black person and you're it doesn't happen often but it it can happen and i i i i am i'm still willing now to to work with my allies and to and to be as much as my emotional capacity can stand as much of a help in the guidance of that, because I, I can't expect, and I don't think any of us can expect a person who has been privileged, who's raised in a collective, in a system that says you get everything, everything is yours. You are the best to even understand, to even be able to fully understand all of their micro and macro aggressions. I'm not making an excuse for it. I'm just not, this just human nature. I did some shit I'm never going to excuse. You're you're you ain't getting a pass on certain shit. But I understand the how the the oppression affects the oppressor and the oppressed. I think it was wasn't it pedagogy of the oppressed that talked about yes. the fact that it is the it is only through the oppressor, excuse me, the oppressed that the oppressor will ever be able to change. He can't do it on his own. He doesn't have the capacity without the oppressed. He cannot learn on his own. He can't do it. I don't think that there's going to ever be, if there's ever going to be any major changes systemically and any change in any understanding for this next generation of folks coming in, that's not going to happen without us. That's not going to happen without some of us who still have the patience and energy. And I may run out soon. And maybe somebody else, maybe maybe my my niece will take up the mantle. As long as she's been equipped, as long as people like you, Asiatic, stay in making sure she's equipped so that when I tuck her out and I tie her out, she might be able to take care of the mantle, make pick up the mantle, pick up the fire. I don't know. That's that's just how I, th- I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't know. These these are so many wrong. unknowns. You're not wrong because so you can't, you can't huh? legislate. You can't legislate. Um, Planned prejudice. 
because it is passed generation after generation. It is built into the institutions and the systems on every level. So, I mean, that's why I said you, it's, you got to revamp the whole. It's all of that work because if the ally is not willing to be a part of that systemic change and be willing to be uncomfortable, they got to go. Because I've told everyone that's reached out to me, you better be prepared for this. You're going to have to be uncomfortable. If you're serious about allyship, if you're serious about wanting change, so your kid is not the, the, the isn't a, it doesn't grow into the racist system. Because what happens is generally they will in ways that you won't be able to see now, but they will. They will. If you're really willing to try to fight against that, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to know that there's going to have to be some. I'm sorry. Let me interject this. Okay. Let me, let me interject this on this level to okay. listeners. Let me put this out there. Okay. Let's take the word ally out of it. Let's okay. take this situation out of it. Okay. The humane thing to do globally, we're talking about just humanity, period. This system, the whole system would have to change. Just talking about humanity. I'm not even speaking about a specific race. I'm saying even their own race, because we all know that we can all know the history of Europe and how people treated each other and why people had to come to America in the first place because of persecution. So what I'm saying is just on a human and humane level, um, it's, it's the soul searching shouldn't have to just be triggered. I mean, let's just say if, if it ain't about, Let's take that out. Let's take black people out of it, Latino, any non, just to see, follow the tenets of whatever religion, whatever uh, uh, mores of values that you're supposed to live. This system would have to go, period, because it's inhumane, period. It's psychotic. Doesn't make sense. It's backwards. It's, you know, it's materialistic. It is. Uh, you know, they're looking for every technological advance to do less and less, less interaction, less humanity, everything else, you know, across the board. So, no, no, it has to go. You have to realize what we need to get back to, per se, and to those who've never even been there. Well, so we've never I'm been there. About a, I'm not, well, I'm not talking about a utopia. I'm talking about just... It has to be something in the hearts and minds of the individual that collectively say that this shit is wrong. Generation after generation, it's not working. You can put it under guise of race, class, whatever, but it's not working. It's not working for everybody. And I know something's, I mean, but once again, We've become individuals, so it's never about the collective. So if whether it's an ally or enemy or somebody is individually comfortable, their their fight or their revolution is going to look very different to someone who has nothing but very marginalized. No. And they'll fight you for their comfort. (laughs) They will, tooth and nail. And they're going, and some of these allies are going to, some of these allies are going to not be allies in two seconds, because when we start talking about economics, when we start talking about educational systems, 
when we start revamping the, the history of what, what they've wanted to believe for so long. It's interesting though, I, I have to say in terms of history, and I, I've seen quite a few of these. I've seen a few videos, TikToks, where white kids are just understanding um, what happened with Central Park, um, understanding about what ha- happened with Tuskegee, finally learning about Tulsa and feeling cheated responding in a way that they felt cheated and 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 really seeing how history has been thwarted the problem with that in asiatic you and i talked about this is that unless we take unless we really take this moment and we really really make change in this moment what happens is that they'll grow things if things don't change they'll grow into the system, meaning it'll become less and less important. If we get lulled back to sleep and we don't keep this fight now, this generation that's hyped and learning and ready to and, and, and ripe and ready, if we don't take advantage and make some serious changes now, they'll get lulled back to sleep and they'll be a part of the system again. And and in in, in they they'll become who they are fighting against. If I can step in, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, please step in. I was going to say something you touched on just a moment ago. I think that is when we're going to really see what allyship means. Because the truth of the matter is. I'm sorry, at what point? When? When, when, What point are you um, talking about? Let me explain. Right now, every we got allies, we got a whole bunch of white folk on the front lines fighting with us to bring us up to speed, so to speak. Now, the next lot to me, the next logical step in all of this when the dust settles is we need to have a serious conversation about reparations. There was a conversation about reparations with presidential candidates on the Democratic side. It suddenly, as time went on, disappeared. But the bottom line is America has never addressed. It, there's never been any redress for all that has occurred to its its African population, ever. We need to level that playing field. And the interesting thing is, for all of the well, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, that all that nonsense that's been talked, uh, that's been said. If you level the playing field economically, educationally, whatever form reparation should take, we're gonna really see who's an ally then. Because when we get it, you know, if you are ADOS, American Descendant of Slavery, and all of a sudden you get a check, I just read an article earlier, I haven't got a chance to go through all the details about a recommendation that all black Americans receive a check for 350 grand. If you're, if, if you and your white friend are both struggling and you turn over a $350,000 check tax-free, how many white allies are we still going to have then? How, how many people are going to be, oh, that's just not fair. You're just going to get a check because you're black? Uh, yeah. It'll well, be interesting how that goes. Black. <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely not. But it, that's that's what <laughs> I can see that coming. It's going to be, oh, I'm going to get a check just because you're black. Um, know your history, chief. But because truth be told, if you really extrapolate, I think 350 grand. I don't think you can put a price tag on the labor, just the labor itself. Yeah. That wouldn't be one one thousandth of the interest on what right. we're owed. Just the Not labor itself. 
And let me be clear. I think that the reparation story has got to change too. It is not about just the work of the slave. It is the wealth that white folks received generationally because mm-hmm. of the work. And we have to keep saying that part because blind folks with blinders are like, well, you work, your, your ancestors work for free and I was never a slave master. No, you weren't a slave master, but you have benefited from systems that have protected you and have helped you to be built, not just generational wealth, you've had educational opportunities because education in terms of what that does in terms of 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 empowering because even if you didn't your family didn't have money you had access to things to make money so all of it so it is the entire systemic benefit that you've gotten because of slavery and that's what we we got to make folks understand it's more than just because my my ancestors were slaves and yours were overseers and masters and owners. It is the continuation of wealth and the building of systems that have, have, have constantly kept my people, me and everyone that's come after my, my aunts, the slave ancestors away from those things. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to be clear. It, it's, that's what reparations is. Let me, and, let and me address history. Just, Quick history. Um, pro, uh, obviously, um, after the uh, Civil War and uh, emancipation, quote unquote, um, we were given the opportunity to thrive for a short, very short period of time until uh, America realized what it had actually done was to actually uh, empower us. So they corrected that really quick um, by the formation of the Ku Klux Klan, as well as um, rescinding a whole lot of laws locally uh, in these states that where black people started to thrive. We were now, you know, let's just say put back in our place in some. Which well, we, they, 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 would, they burned down any kind of progress we made, any kind of. Absolutely. And so that's what. Took you out of land, took you out of. Uh, Right. Representation, everything. So what I'm saying is the, the 350, we can take that off the table only because what I'm saying is any type of reparations, what America doesn't want to see for its black citizens, and I'm going to just put it out there for everybody, whether you heard about it or not, they do not want to see an empowered black citizenry, period, in this history. It does not work for uh, systemic uh, in the systems and the institutions that are in place. Okay. It's not going to just, we're not here for that. We weren't brought here for that. And we're not in the place we are in for that. So don't let a few black billionaires, <laughs> you know, sort of fool us, uh, you know, because they do individually. But like I said, no one can just get on the phone, call the state house or the white house and say, look, stop, you know, Hey, make this stop. But you will definitely see, if something happened in the Jewish community, uh, certain Asian communities, they're not East Indian communities, aren't touched because of the power they have. Uh, and they're backed up by countries that ensure their power. You know, we 
I'm not even going to go into Israel, but yeah, we no, don't, don't. And and I'm just saying, in terms of power, and not making sure that you're not going to see them in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, busting the heads of groups of uh, Jews coming together for whatever reason, whether it's uh, COVID and they want to have their celebrations or whatever else. Okay. And that because of the lack of power, but the money, the, the, the reparations would give economic Mm -hmm. power to the black community. And that's what they're, that's what it'll give us money. Wasn't it Hoover who said that the biggest fear that he had was of black unity? Was it, was it Hoover? Actually, that was one of the basis for, so on and so forth one of their biggest fears was the rise of a black messiah okay i thought it was black unity either way black 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 empowerment yeah okay so you you your 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 take is that it's never going to happen asiatic ross are you it's never going to be given to us in other words like Giving us money, quoting Chris Rock, money ain't wealth, you know. Uh, let's just say so. The three hundred fifty thousand, based on our spending, our wholehearted consumerism, and being sold to the consumer way of life of America, how much do you think that three hundred fifty thousand is going to be generationally beneficial and actually grow? But we're, we're talking about two different things here. Well, first question well we're talking about empowerment. Money is, that's what I'm just giving you an example where money, just giving money does not mean we're all of a sudden we're empowered. Well, Everybody then, has then, then there's no reason to be fearful then. If, 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 if the powers that be believe that giving the money wouldn't be a threat, then give the money. They, they, they should feel confident then no, that they'll just no, get it back. No. Because some of us will. Of it. It's going to be enough of us. Believe me, it's going to be a few. Like Ross said earlier about the uh, the black militias or something. Let's say if it's 10 of us with $350,000 that comes together, that's three million, you know, million. Right, $3.5 million. And that's that's land, that's that's farm, that's, you know, when you're talking about being self-sufficient now, yeah, we don't want, you know, like I said, they didn't, in Reconstruction, they didn't want the little they did get. They started seeing blacks thrive. Cannot have that. So, because let us let us let the audience understand, reparations is not an odd idea. There have been groups that have gotten reparations. Japanese oh, have gotten reparations. Japanese, got the rep- Germans, I think. The Jews. I think Israel even, still gets a cash payment from Germany for the Holocaust. And France and, is getting reparations from Haiti. There's still, I mean, well, repayment and half of probably about a third, if not more, even uh, of some of their former colonies in Africa are still paying them. Are still debt. paying. And, and yes. understand okay. this, that after the abolishment of slavery, slave owners got money for losing their property, which was- They did. Yes, they so, did. Insurance and So this idea yeah. of reparations is not far-fetched. It has happened. It is. It, 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 there are historical- uh, uh, um, uh, moments when we've seen reparations happen, and so anyone saying that we can't afford the United States can't afford it, they certainly can't afford it. The United States can afford anything they want to. I think COVID was a great example of that. You all of a sudden <laughs> you can't have you 
you couldn't have universal health care. Right. You you couldn't have universal health care, but you could pay for everybody to get a COVID test and COVID treatment. All of a sudden, oh, no problem. We'll take care of you. Don't worry about insurance. We got you. Uh, we'll give you $1,200. $1,200 is not a lot of money, but $1,200, you still, without blinking an eye, really, that money came out of nowhere. We didn't have any problem giving that out. So let's understand it is doable. It is doable. It is doable. I'm sort of going to say, keep in mind for any students of history, reparations of some form were actually given to people, given to black people in this country. Um, Special Field Orders 15, General Sherman, right after the Civil War, that was where the 40 acres of the mule came from. But after Lincoln, right, because after Lincoln was was killed, the the next president immediately reversed it. So we never Mm -hmm. got it. So it ended up becoming useless, but and it uh, kind of makes you wonder not to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole too deep. I wonder if that was why one of the reasons that that Lincoln was killed. But either way, uh, this country was primed to give black folks and newly freed slaves reparations, and it was summarily overturned as soon as Lincoln was killed. So it wasn't about not being able to afford it, not being not it not being doable. It not being unprecedented, which is we just we just removed the problem, which was Lincoln, and we overturned it. We don't want to do it. So back to what you said, we don't want to do that. That's too much empowerment. And 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 again, please, folks who don't know, please read on Rosewood. Please read mm-hmm. on all of all the all of the black towns that were burned down by white folks, not because we oppose any threat except economically to the well being. Separate but equal, black folks thriving, doing their own thing, not bothering anybody, but an economic threat to white Americans. So they destroy those towns, and that's ha- that's happened in America. How many times? Many times is it twelve? Was it tw- was it twelve times? Or I I don't know. I, and here I am not knowing um, the full history of that, and I'll be more informed the next podcast. But so we so. Asiatic, you said it won't happen. Ross, you're still hopeful. Uh, as far as reparations go, I I think it's. I don't think we're close. Put it that way. I think I think it can. I think that's ultimately where this closest goes. Came, the closest we came was that 1,200. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a. There's an elephant in the room that has to be addressed, and and okay. no one talks Let's about see. it. Um, Ava kind of touched on it, but we have to close that 13th Amendment loophole, which says pretty much you're free unless you're a prisoner. And prisons, comic leasing, uh, police, judges, all of that is all wrapped up. So even if you gave us a check, and by the way, that came from uh, Bob Johnson, former the founder of BET. He said he went $14 trillion. Which, by U.S. Census numbers, there were 47 million Black Americans, so it comes out to 297 thousand dollars for each and every one of us. But um, gotta close that loophole. But I think that's where all of this goes. I don't think we can put this ball in motion and stop just short of reparations. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, why, why, why wouldn't you? And you can't say you ain't got it. You just pull the trillion dollars out your ass. So 
<laughs> I don't think we're close, but I think that's where this road ends. Okay. Okay. And I think that what, what, what brought us here is the, is the talk about allies and how that, how, how you're going to see the, your, your allyships change. Those of us who have them and Ross, you and I are the only two on this line. AJ, <laughs> <laughs> that won't be your worry. You, <laughs> you can't lose what you don't have. So <laughs> okay. I'm holding my breath. Uh, so it's in in, in in talking about this let's let's wrap this up let's talk about before we go because I, I can't I can't not not talk about um some of the confused black folks that have shown their asses in the last <laughs> uh you know because I you know being that I do what I do I get tons of email and tons of uh text messages and calls and the name that kept coming up this past week was Candace Owens I'm not going to give this a whole lot of time because on that list with Candace, I'm going to put Shamar Moore. I'm going to put Terry Crews. Um, I'm going to put, put Billy Porter. What do you mean, damn? What does that mean? Oh, like I said, we talked about this online. Like I, I, Candace Owens, Jason Whitlock, to me, they're in a class by themselves. Like they're they're all by themselves as far gotcha. as their WTFs. Like. As I told you, you don't believe, not you, but they don't believe the shit they're saying. I, I, you can't convince me they believe the shit they're saying. They're being, the they're that person, the that's, they're trying to intentionally trigger you by saying the most wild, outlandish shit they can. They don't believe, they, they don't believe the shit they're saying. I don't, I, I don't know that to, I don't, I don't think that that's, that's the case. I think, I think Candace Owens believes what she's saying. I think she has to believe it. I think that when I look at Candace Owens, and I'm not going to cycle, you know, analyze her too much, but I see a woman who hates being black, no matter what she says. I think that being married to a white husband, she feels less than, and I think that she craves for whatever reason. I don't know what her past experiences are. I have heard that she was raised in um, a white neighborhood, went to white schools, um, felt rejected by her black you know by black people and and felt not right. good enough in, in white situations i i don't know all the deal but i i can tell you as someone who went to school with you know predominantly white schools and lived in a predominantly white neighborhood you there is i think if you don't have parents or family that is affirming you and um and supporting you and if you're not allowed to be in black safe black spaces outside of what you do in school and you're not socialized in a certain kind of way, I think it can do a number on you. I think it can. I think I, I think I see Candace Owens and I just think Tommy Lauren with a tan. They're 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 they're, they're the same person. They spew the same BS, and it's just like I said. It at least make me work to debunk your bullshit. But yeah. with Tommy Lauren, with with Candace Owens, even with Whitlock, it's like you're just clueless, which is sad because most of the shit can be, you know, you don't have to be. If you, I always said, if you're deaf, dumb, and blind at this point, you've made a conscious choice to do so because you can but, Google damn near anything. But and but I'm like, she, with them, their shit is so outlandish. Like, okay, I can't. I don't even have to work to debunk that. That's basically you're just pulling some some lightning rod polarizing shit out your ass for likes views and clicks 
you but can that's all them. your but that's all her audience requires. She's playing she's they, yeah. doing they don't need much. They don't need much, right. She gets what she needs. She gets the 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 kudos and the affirmations and the pat the pat on the head that she wants. That's what she and and, and I'm sure she's paid. That that other thing she's paid. Yeah, she is. Exactly. Yeah, she's paid. And yeah. so I think you got to believe that. I think that at a certain point you got to believe that shit in order to keep doing that 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 menstrual I think that 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 what you're seeing her do, I think you have to, because I don't know how you would sleep at night. And remember, she's sleeping at night next to a white husband, and a well, white husband that's not an ally to black people. Keep in mind, because I've talked about this before. You you know this idea that your you know being white, being a person who's a white person who's black adjacent or in a relationship to a with a black person romantically does not mean you're not a racist. It depends True. on the relationship you have and the kind of person you're in relationship with. Candace Owens, her husband wears make America great hats. He's a Trump supporter. All of that nonsense. She would, ha I mean, but she is the type of black woman, if that kind of man, he might have a black fetish. Maybe he likes black. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, Absolutely. and he, you know, and she's, she's the kind of black woman that a white man like that could have. Doesn't mean he's not a racist. And so, you know, well, see, so the, the thing about her is, is you got to remember what the new drug of choice is. The new drug of choice is fame. And if, yeah. she, if she just said basic shit, you know, you know what? I don't really, I think this is, I don't believe this is a racial issue, but everything she says is so far left, so extreme. Like what? And what does it get her? It gets her another hit. Same with Tommy Lauren. He says shit that's just no, way. No, no, no. Don't bring Tommy Lauren. No, no, no. Don't bring Tommy Lauren in because we're talking a very, about a very specific kind of True. sickness. True, so true. Tommy Lauren is very different. Don't do, don't do that because they came okay. to this place for different reasons, and they're they're both the effects of racism. But we're talking about a post traumatic stress uh, response, which is what I see in Candace Owens, and you're talking about something very different from okay. Tommy Lauren. So that's well, why let me I don't bring it back. Okay, you're right. Let me bring it back. Yeah, with, with Candace Owens, with uh, and I don't know if you're familiar at all, Jason Whitlock, they say shit that's so far off base. It's like, I, that's what I say. You can't believe this bullshit. You got to be doing this for attention and a check, and they get attention and they get checks. But I, I have no idea you. why if, uh, Whitlock is still around, but he's oh. around. I have no idea why Candace Owens gets so much burn, but she does. Well, she does because she's the tool. You need well, I can tell you why as well. Um, I said, it's very simple. There is a contingency of white, black, Latino, Asian America, immigrant America that refuse to believe, don't want to believe, or do not know that racism is systemic and institutional. So if you start from there, all you have to do is take all the statistics all the, the 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 quotes and everything that she comes with and coherently tie it to something that compartmentalizes it to say George Floyd was a criminal 
this was a you know black on black crime this you keep spewing those narratives and that way the ignorant can stay ignorant and the ones that refuse to be guilty that benefit from this can continue because they because guess what people do quote her people do share her people do use her as a uh, a retort they do repost her as exactly. a retort. You exactly. can look down in the comments from uh, anything she does, how people will go back and forth. So the thing is, is whether she knows, doesn't know, she has to stay in character, like you said, for the checks and for that, because guess what? You don't have a Stacey Dash, you don't have Omarosa, you don't have these other people that aren't relevant anymore. She sounds more articulate. She's younger. She fits the demographic. You know what I mean? In other words, she's... They're, they're, she's they're the black, and she's a black friend. When so he, she has a she has a publicist, a manager, a handler, people that schedule her, people that you know what I'm saying. So she that this is her thing. So I, I you know I get it. There's a contingency of America that will that they can't afford to believe the because then you have to change it. If everybody believes that it does exist. You have to change it. Right. And so that's she, not she's a representation happen. of it not even existing. Not right. that not no. that it's not, not even right. It just yeah. does not exist. Yeah. She's the yeah. black friend. When you see a racist talk about I can have a racist, I got a black friend, she's no. the black friend. The articulate black she's, friend. She's the articulate, right. she's black, the articulate friend. black friend. And she's well spoken. And she's right, she's well spoken. Yeah. She's insane, but she's well spoken. Like that David right. J. I don't right. know if people have seen David J. Harris Jr. Um, another one. I, I'm just naming names, but they're different from, and, and let me tell you what's different because we talked, I just brought them up to bring up the nuances of racism. I want to talk very briefly about Shamar Moore, who is a, is a totally different animal. Shamar Moore, I don't know if it, either one of you caught his comments and what makes his comments so problematic. Um, have you, did you catch his recent response? I've not. Okay. Basically, Shamar Moore did this clip with uh, one of those, I, I don't know if she's a uh, hip hop, I don't know what show she's on, Love and Hip Hop, some chick from, I don't even know her name. He did, it's, it's, she's so irrelevant. Um, he did a clip where he's with one of the um, reality stars from one of those Love and Hip Hop type shows. She opens up the conversation of this clip saying that they're not effing each other. They're not saying, well, you know, I just want you to know, we just because we did such and such together, we're not, I'm not effing them, which, which I don't even know how it was relevant to their clip. But then he starts to talk about, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember everything he said, but he starts to talk about what's going on in the protests and the march. And he basically, you know, says he's proud to be black. Nobody, I don't, I, and, and nowhere in this conversation, I don't even know how he came up with this. Maybe I kind of blanked out when I, you know, when he started talking, I don't know. I don't even know how I even got to that clip. I think somebody sent it to me. He, he starts saying about, he's proud to be black, but oh, I'm proud to be white too. 
because if it wasn't for my white mom, I wouldn't be here. And I know, you know, I want people to know I'm, you know, just because I'm proud to be both. I, you know, I understand my blackness. I'm paraphrasing now. And I, you know, and I know how it feels to be treated like a nigga. And I, and I use the N word. This is my show. I don't use it in general, but this is what he said. I know how it feels to be treated like a nigga. And, uh, you know, so I know, you know, I know this experience, but I, you know, I'm proud to be, you know, both things. And, you know, cause I'm a black man and I, you know, I realize I'm a black man. I realize I'm a nigga too. And I'm such and such and such. So in this conversation, this man is talking about, he's proud to be black, but he could not say he was proud to be black without including his white part, because for some reason, there's this thing about if you're, for some people who are biracial, like you can't, you can't assert your blackness without making sure you're not offending your whiteness and why we even get into why why that has to be a conversation for some people i don't know understand in especially in where we are um in in terms of what we're talking about racism and talking about uh, systemic racism and how it affects black people because i don't know that when anybody stops if a police officer is, stops your mama who doesn't know who he is and starts to uh assault him and he's he's being brutalized i don't really think they're thinking about i wonder if he's half white they're not thinking that so no. the fact that he felt the need to bring that up okay and then the fact that you he in one moment he's decrying the fact that he's been treated like the n-word and then when he asserts again he's proud to be and he identifies his blackness he has to identify and make sure to correlate that blackness with being a nigga problematic problematic and that's why I've talked about this before. Black people have got to come away from the N-word. They've got to come away from that association. And I'm not going to keep on the stay on here because we'll be on here all night. But I want to talk. I just mentioned him because we're talking about problematic black folks who are getting a platform who we have to, because we've got to, Asiatic, as you're, as you're, informing and teaching this younger generation and folks who don't know Ross, you and I are doing the same thing and we're dealing with allies. We, that is not for anybody listening who, who is, who, who saw those folks, they are not representative of cogent, healthy, black thinking people. Candace Owen for a different reason, Shamar Moore for another, and I'm going to bring up this Billy Porter. <laughs> Have, now let me ask you gentlemen, did you get a chance to see the 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 whole diatribe that uh Mr. or Miss Billy Porter, whatever he not, wants to go by? You did not, did Ross. Um you saw part of it. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna give me trouble. No, I have not. I have not seen it. I I I did okay. not the, I got to be the bad guy and I got to talk about all this on my own. Okay. So uh, Billy Porter does uh, this whole, he does a whole video where he's talking about uh, basically what's going on in America and racism. He starts out telling some story about his experience that he was with his white husband and they were out in a field somewhere <laughs> and drove up to a place that they thought that they were invited to and 
he wasn't sure, but he got so nervous as a little white girl came out and saw him and ran back in the house and they drove away or some some craziness because that's what it feels like to be black in America because you're, fa- you're afraid when you're in places where you don't know that you belong. Okay, that's that part of the story. Then he starts talking about basically the story. And I, I, I listen, it, you all, if you're listening, there's some global story about a trans person um, Ayanla Imani or Ayanla, Ayanla somebody, some trans person that was beat up. Cause I'm going to make this real quick and beat up by a collective of black people. So in this moment where we're trying to deal with systemic racism and abuses of black people, this man thought it was a smart idea to bring up the incident with the one trans person and use that as fodder to go after his own people about homophobia and transphobia. Right. And then he gives the... He said the black people, black, black people. people are the white supremacists with LGBT. Right, homoph- homoph- supposedly homophobic right. black people are the white supremacists of the black community. Problematic. And here's all I'm going to say, and I'm going to say this one time, and I'm going to be very clear about this. Black people who want to use this moment in time to conflate issues about homophobia are problematic. Nowhere that I know of, when we are talking about fighting against oppression, against white supremacy as a black collective is anybody that I know of saying all of us except gays, all of us except trans. We are never saying that. This is a collective fight. And I am not going to entertain conversations at this point that are divisive. I'm not. It is divisive for a black person at this time to keep trying to make black people more homophobic than other communities. That information is incorrect. There are no stats for that. And it is emotionally not the time for us. We are tired. And this, what we're doing now, this fight is exhausting. And this is collective movement. And none of us, none of us who are sensible are pushing or discounting anybody because of their sexuality that conversation doesn't even come up that as far as i know when we're talking about what we're doing now i i don't hear it are you having are have you heard those conversations because i missed it are you hearing when you're talking about to your brothers and sisters about this movement and about what we need to do are they saying everybody but black homo, homo, homosexuals have you heard that no uh, not at all Okay. I've, I've seen signs, uh, well, not except, but of course, being in D.C., of course, the black and the trans, you know, it's. I want you to up. understand my question, because I'm asking. Not in the conversation. Have no. you seen no signs that say, all, are you seeing signs that say all black people except trans and, 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 and gay? Are you seeing that? Not Is that what you're telling me? Not a one. Okay. No. That's my point. That's my point. There is not a division in thought from straight people that I know of. Now, whether they, whether whether a person agrees with homosexuality or not, or is a fan of trans or not, as a black person, 
nobody has that conversation when we are talking about what is happening now. So I wish people like Billy Porter would stop trying to use this moment to conflate and confuse because that's what it does. And I'm not for it. And I don't support it. And I'm calling it out. I am calling it out. Confuse black folks that make it more difficult for us to do what we need to do. God knows we're not monolithic, but we need to be unified in this particular issue, in this particular struggle. Because black supremacy, when somebody is, 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 is pointing you out and seeing your, your black ass from across the street and deciding you are it, they ain't doing it because they, 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 they know your sexuality. Half the time they don't. So we need to stop at this point. This is not the time and space for it. That's all I'm that's all I have to say about that. So mm. what is what what? Come on. Come on, Ross. Oh, Go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> oh god, I ain't sitting in this position oh. right now. Oh um. wait, let me let me let me take a sip. Oh god, here we go. <laughs> Oh, this this is bad. This is bad because now it's like, for the last listen to you two talk, it's like, oh my god, wait a minute, am I a white person here? Here's what I mean. Oh. Essentially, essentially, Billy's saying, listen, there's these things going on that are affecting me, but no one's paying attention to them. They're not getting enough traction. No one's really doing much about it. And I'm telling you, I'm being hurt. I'm telling you people like me are being hurt, but it's being completely and totally discounted. Sound oddly familiar at all? If you see well, there's a whole on. LGBTQ movement. There's, there's yeah. a whole movement. And how do we divide? See, here's the thing. If you're going to talk about homophobia, do it. Talk about everybody's homophobia. Remember, we, we, we've had, we've got films about white people being killed by their own because they are gay. Because wow. homophobia caused them to lose their lives. There's a whole thing. What is that? Boys don't cry. There's several. There's so there's plenty of homophobia to go around. There's there's plenty of it. It's in every race. It's in every community. Do you ever see white people stopping when they have a cause <coughs> to stop inside the cause to to bring up another cause to con no. confuse the I cause? I mean, I always say this. You said, "Are we having conversations?" Um, you know, I, I don't really participate in social media. I haven't for the last few months. I just lurk every now and again. Good buddy of mine, good poetry friend up in Jers posted something because I think she saw uh, Billy Porter's video. And she legit asked, like, listen, I'm really out here asking, is it really going down like that for the trans folks? And I can tell you in reading the comments, um, there are a lot of black trans people who feel absolutely ostracized and attacked by black people. I, I get it, but them, this, I can't tell them their experience isn't real. And I'm just I, in here like, you know, I'm with you. If you black, you down. End of story. If you black, I don't care who you lay down with. If you black, you're going to suffer the same shit as me. So by default, when we say black lives matter, if you black, you matter. But I'm a black woman. Do you want me to start talking about misogyny now? You want me to start fighting you over misogyny right now? Is this the time that I, I need to be bringing that up? Is this right the time that I need to, is this the time that I need to be fighting about what I think black men need to do be be doing in relationship to me as a black woman? Is that the time to have this conversation? Because there's plenty of black women now, black feminists, that are screaming and wondering why or comparing 
uh, comparing pain. So they're comparing, they're comparing um, George Floyd, the attention George Floyd's murder is getting to Breonna Taylor's. There, there's plenty of that happening too. There's plenty of feminists going, well, you know, George Floyd, you know, got all this shine, but we're not giving a, you know, there's not enough attention being given to Breonna Taylor. I can't even entertain that because you said it, AJ. I think you said it so perfectly. I, I and 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 hear me, hear audience, hear me. The difference is, I, I, I first of all, I am fighting for Breonna Taylor too. When I'm out there and I'm or I'm talking and I'm talking about white supremacy and 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 what happens to all of us, I'm a, I'm I'm that person too. I don't scream my brother's name every time somebody talks about somebody else being killed. I don't go, I don't scream my brother's name. I don't say, well, why why wasn't my brother Kobe's name? Why didn't you all move? I'm talking about I didn't see Brianna Taylor die. You use the word snuff film. That's what that was. We saw a freaking snuff film. That's what that was. Because believe me, there's some sick. It. I was getting ready to go real. There's a sick, perverted person who is playing that video over and over. You saw. I saw, I don't know if you saw, I saw when I watched Derek Chauvin murdering George Floyd, I saw somebody who was enjoying what they were doing. I have never seen that before. So my response is like, an. Uh, there are many people who have never seen anything like this before. I didn't, we didn't live in the time where people brought their whole families out to watch people being literally lynched. This is my first, and for many people, the first experience. This experience had to change you because if you have any humanity, it had to affect you in some kind of way. That's why I'm questioning anybody who's still going all lives matter after seeing that. So, so let me ask so, you a question. Is it... Yeah. And, and, and this, and, and I'm asking myself the same question: Is it the timing of the conversation, or is it the conversation's relevance itself? I have n- listen. If somebody feels oppressed, I'm not saying their oppression isn't legitimate. I don't have the right to tell you how to feel. What I do say to you is that you're not you're not excluded as a black person. Your trans issue is separate from your blackness. And now we are we are moving towards working on fighting white supremacy. We're doing it as a collective. Please stop trying to take the energy from that because it benefits all of us if we can get through this. We got so many isms. There's tons of isms. We got ageism. We got sexism. We got all kinds of isms that we're going to have to get together. Black on black crime. Okay, you know yeah. what? Oh no! That's the black on black crime. You know what? You don't you you don't watch too many Candace Owens videos now. You're talking about redirecting the conversation. <laughs> I mean, there's so many ways that people are looking. I mean, did you see the video of the um, apparently? African woman in DC oh, screaming. Look, okay, about, she's on that list of 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 yes, of, right. of just black yeah. wheat. Listen, because she was yelling, yelling. You know, in other words, 
I, and I said this before, and I'll say it again. People are emotionally invested in their, in their ignorance. They are. They are. And they are. And they will argue. Right? And because guess what? We live in an age where opinion becomes fact to people exactly. who are believers and people who don't study, don't know, or don't want to find out the truth. And even if they hear it, if it's not comfortable or convenient, they will still defend the ignorance. Okay. And let me. That is why, you know, we got uh, 45 up there. You know? and, and let me answer, Ross, and I could be off. But I believe the number for Black trans people murdered in the United States in 2019 was 23. Okay. I'm just going to leave that on the table. And I want you to compare that number to the number of Black people in total. I want you to evaluate that number and see how many of those those trans people were killed intra-community with meaning by somebody within their own community. And then, right. then, then you can, and then we'll I, we'll come back to the question of of do you think it is appropriate? Um, well, I was gonna we, say right because I did do a little bit when we when you mentioned this a while ago. So I did do a little bit of look see. Okay. The the scary part is that that number could be off because in a lot of instances, it's not depending on how if they could very well be very well may have been misgendered. As far okay. as the, um, let me let me double it let me double it for you. Okay, so let me double it for you. Forty six. How does that compare to the number of black children who have been killed? I want you to pull those numbers: black women, black men. It doesn't. Okay. It end doesn't. Of, end of discussion. Right. It doesn't. Very much, end of very, very much the end of discussion because end of the discussion. thing is, yeah. If you start bringing that in, um, what it it, it just it convolutes everything. It, it convolutes. just doesn't. And I'm not. It really doesn't. Right. Yeah. And I'm not devaluing. Um, it, it's to... not about devaluing. No. It's about it, it's about redirecting the energy, exactly. as you said before. And exactly. Nothing's going to get done if we start bringing every every issue upset exactly and every issue. Exactly. Um, it's it, it's still the same black on black crime argument. It is the same thing because guess what? It is. The thing is, is that it's another police, form of the black on black police. Police represent the government. Police are paid by your tax dollars. Police are supposedly trained. They are professionals, and they are supposed to set and serve people and property. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. You can't put that on the same, you can't put them, although they're human beings, you can't put them on the same level in terms of training and their duty and what they're sworn to do at the same level as some criminal or some ignorant person that doesn't like a trans person or doesn't like women or doesn't like another black man. You know what I'm saying? So it, you can't. So like I said, we, we can't die at the hands of the state that's supposed to protect us. It's expected. So that's the difference, you know. Yeah. Did, did that make sense to you, Ross? Oh, no, oh just for the record, it makes perfect sense. I didn't, and I don't know how yeah, to make sense. Was was true. I didn't yeah. watch yeah. Billy's thing because I, I, it doesn't it doesn't affect me. I'm not quote unquote it's transphobic. Right. I'm really of the thinking of, look, whatever your pronoun is, that's your pronoun. I'm going to respect it because it's not not I don't care as in 
it doesn't matter. It's just as in, if you black, you like me, regardless of who you go to bed with or go home to, we going to suffer the same shit. So by default, realize, and I'm not going to give you shit about whatever your pronouns are. Whatever and your pronouns are, that's what they're going to be. Exactly. But right now, we, we all in the shit, and we need as much unity exactly. as possible. Exactly. So my black trans brother and sisters, my black SGL or gay, however you identify, please understand what was just said here. Nobody is discounting your pain. Nobody is saying you don't have isms and nobody is saying that your concerns are not valid. We are, I am saying, I'll speak for me. I am saying, please know that when we talk about supporting and moving the black race forward, you are included. You're included in that. And I shouldn't have to say that, but obviously I do. You are included in that. We speak your name in that. And if you, if there's a situation where there's a, a, a black trans person that has been killed by a white supremacist, the issue we are dealing now, or police brutality, then it is your job to make sure to bring that to the forefront. And I don't know any of us who won't support you in getting justice because we recognize that more that if you, you're, you're dealing in those issues, those issues are about your blackness. And that's what we are talking about now. So, okay, you all, I y'all, we were supposed to be on the, on this this podcast for an hour. We, we have gone almost. I think we went a little hours. further. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? So I think we went a little further. I think we did. I think the the audience is going to be like, uh, we we y'all still talking. So with that, I'm I'm going to because we we we've 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 talked about a lot tonight. We we've we've talked about a gamut of of ideas and I a gamut of experiences. We we've talked about things that need to be talked about, and I and again, what this podcast does and hopes to do is starts the conversation and then you in your private lives listeners you continue the conversation so gentlemen i want to thank you so much for coming uh into this space with me sharing this space with me and having such important dialogue with me i appreciate you asiatic allah true asiatic allah and Ross Mosaic Cooper, I appreciate you for coming back. Both of you are returning. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Asiatic, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. You yeah. sound like you got quiet on me. Thank you. No. Thank you so much for coming into the space. And um, I, and again, you know, I, I, I'm not asking. I'm just saying I, I look forward to having you back. Um. Uh, for future episodes and to my audience I thank you for coming back yet again and listening in and if no one has told you I'm going to tell you I love you and I want the best for you bye bye thank you Mwah. <laughs>